Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Team Toyota, they've been selling and servicing new and used Toyotas in your community for over 50 years. And you can reserve your next new Toyota with them today. You'll get a realistic timeline, and even in this crazy market, they won't charge you over MSRP. Or don't wait at all. With over 75 certified Toyotas, including a bunch of RAV4 and Highlanders, you can drive one home today. And you can always trust them to maintain your current vehicle. Their service and collision centers are high-tech, comfortable, and will save you time and money. Team Toyota can help you go anywhere you want, but they'll always be your hometown team. Just visit TeamToyota.net and choose from three locations in Langhorne, Glen Mills, or Princeton. It's that time, folks. A new Phillies Talk podcast. I'm Corey Sivan. He's Jim Salisbury. And we're here to talk about this red-hot baseball team. That has won five straight games, 10 out of 11, Jim. We're sitting here on Tuesday as the Phillies open a series against the Marlins at home. This is the uh, literal two-thirds point of the season. The Phillies have played 108 games. They have 54 left. They're playing their best baseball of the season by far. And they even moved up in the standings over these last few days, making up some ground on the Padres, really just changing the whole tone of this playoff uh, push that the Phillies are making. Yeah, uh, the whole tone of the season changed in the month of June after the managerial change and after Mr. Kyle Schwarber and Reese Hoskins went nuts at the plate in that month at the top of the batting order, leading that team, uh, keeping it afloat, uh, allowing it to make up ground, eventually get to 500. Now, then they got to five over and now they're what, uh, 12 over. It's really amazing. The turnaround, a 19 game swing, um, since Rob Thompson took over, um, the thing that jumps out a couple things recently about me, they're demolishing poor teams. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Uh, I do believe that a major league team is a major league team. It's the best players in the world. But these are teams that are struggling for for, for reasons uh, because they're rebuilding, uh, because they're selling off talent in the case of Washington. But they've, you know, demolished the Pirates and the Nationals. And I am sure the skeptics will say, well, they've only beaten their red hot because they've beaten the Pirates and the Nationals. You can only play one team on the schedule, the team that appears that night, and they are absolutely running over the teams they should be running over. Um, but, you know, since June 1, they've beaten a lot of good teams, too. So they, they've done a really great job not just getting back into this thing, but now putting themselves uh, in the driver's seat in the cockpit. And um, good pitching, defense has improved. Uh, but thing that just jumps out to me recently is is just the slug and the way they are are, are hitting. I mean, coming out of spring training, we thought this was going to be a a very uh, potent lineup, and you know they struggled out of the gate. But they are a very potent lineup right now, getting contributions um, from really all over the place. I have a few numbers here, but um, uh, go ahead, give me kind of your take on what you're seeing recently. Well, yeah, I mean, to that point, in the 34 games without Bryce Harper, the Phillies are 21-13, and 13, 
There's only three teams in baseball that have been more than a game better than the Phillies over that stretch, and that's the Astros, Dodgers, and Mariners. The Astros and Dodgers, the class of both leagues, and the Mariners, the hottest team, really. Um, but, you know, I don't think we can overlook the contributions of Derek Hall. The Phillies needed another left-handed power bat when Harper went down because of how much they skewed right-handed. You know, there was Schwarber at the top, but after that, they needed someone else who could pop one in the middle of the lineup from the left side. Hall hits two more homers on Sunday. He has eight. He's slugging over 600. To me, what's been most impressive is that he had that big first week in the majors where he hit three or four homers. Then he kind of went into a two, three-week slump as there was more of a book on him, but now he's working his way out of it. The Phillies have needed every piece of it, and I don't think they're in this position if Derek Hall doesn't come up and do damage right away. He has done a great job. Um, I have so much respect for him because he was never like a top 10 prospect where, okay, you know, we got to, we got to get this guy a lot of playing time because he's a top 10 prospect. We have a lot of money invested in him, in him. Um, he was a four-year college kid who, you know, was in the system for six years, uh, seven overall, because they missed a year with COVID. He was in his seventh season, in the, but he played six years in the minors. And he's a kid who had to earn every at-bat he got in the minor leagues. He wasn't going to be handed everything, anything because he was a quote-unquote top prospect. He had to earn his way into the lineup every night. He earned his way to the big leagues with a big power showing at Lehigh Valley when the Phillies had a need with um, with Bryce Harper. I mean, the front office, I mean, great job giving him a shot. Great job, Derek Hall, capitalizing on this shot. And you're right. I, I, I just see him making adjustments. I'm, I'm very impressed with his pitch recognition and the way he just absolutely jumps on mistakes. Uh, and he, and he, you know, they end up over the wall when you're that big and that strong and you have that nice of a swing. So it was uh, nice to see him have that two homer day on Sunday. Um, his grandfather, his grandparents, uh, his granddad, Bo Hall is a kind of a legendary, he is a legendary junior college coach in Arizona scouted for a number of years with, I think the Cubs and the uh, Marlins. Uh, and they're a real baseball family, but his granddad and his grandmother were in town. They came in town on Saturday from southern uh, – he's from southeastern Arizona. And uh, he was not in the lineup on Saturday because they were facing a lefty. And uh, he gets in the lineup on Sunday and hits two home runs in front of his grandparents. So, uh, I mean, that just must have been like a dream come true for that whole family. So I'm really happy for him. And you, you, you're right. I mean, you take the sentimentality out of it. He has delivered – he has helped this team mitigate the loss of Bryce Harper from the left side. Um, just done a great job. And he fits in what I was saying earlier about the slug this team has shown. And we thought we'd see that coming out of spring training. And you mind if I just throw you a few numbers here? I mean, so what do you got? I got, uh, you know me, I'm Joe Johnny numbers. Analytics guy, Jim Salisbury. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, Alec Bohm, his last 26 games, I and mean, you can just see this kid is just – the confidence is jumping out of the batter's box. And even in, in playing third base, you know, um, gets the ball, there's that little pause, and boom, fire it over there without any any inhibitions, no tentativeness, just fire it. The kid has been playing with unbelievable confidence. I wrote a story last week coming out of Pittsburgh about how he could have been traded in, in the month of March. Everybody knew he was available. Uh, there was, wasn't a fit anywhere. Uh, and he has just blossomed into um, – it's really fun to see the confidence in the production. Last 26 games, he's hitting 381 with a 996 OPS, four homers, and 18 RBIs. JT Realmuto, I see a different player. You know, confidence after the first three months, I see a much more confident player. It's because he's producing, and that leads to confidence. But 
the ball is jumping off his bat. He hit a ball out of the strike zone. It was up about his up, up by his jawbone, and he hit it into the bullpen the other night. Just absolutely powered it. Uh, I'm seeing more bat speed. I'm seeing more life in the bat. He just honestly looks stronger. Uh, he looks stronger. And maybe he's not stronger. Maybe it's just been a swing adjustment, and maybe it's just more confidence. The leg kick is less pronounced. I think that's helped his, helped his timing. Uh, but he looks great. Last 17 games, he's in 393 with an OPS of over 1,200, five homers and 17 RBIs. I mean, what a difference that has made. What a difference that can continue to make if he keeps this up. Nick Castellanos, his last thir- uh, 13 games, he's hitting 345 with a 936 OPS, two homers, eight RBIs. Reese Hoskins, who I thought, you know, if Schwarber was the guy who, you know, drove the train back to, back on the tracks in 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 um, June, you know, then Harper was the guy with the shovel filling the coal bin and making the making the steam. I mean, uh, Hoskins, I, I guess uh, Reese Hoskins was. He was tremendous in June. But his last 14 games, 333, uh, an OPS over uh, – OPS of 1061. He's got five homers and 10 RBIs. He's playing great ball. And it's helped – you know, you talk about a team. Everybody's got to pick up each other. You know, Schwarber's the guy that got him back on track, but since July 1, he's only hitting a buck 74. Now he's got 11 home runs. So production comes in different forms. But all these other guys are picking up, and uh, it's really gelling. you got Segura back. You're going to get Harper back at some point. Derek Hall, who we talked about. Um, you know, the offense has been really been fun to watch. It's been opportunistic. Uh, it, it's And it's jumped on these teams, these weaker teams, early in games, which is – it, you know, you talk about every little piece in baseball fits together. You jump on an opponent early, that makes your starting pitcher's job easier. That and that helps your starting pitcher. You can attack the zone. Um, it just gives him more confidence and 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 um, slack to do the things he needs to do. And ultimately, now your bullpen gets a rest. It just helps everybody when you're scoring runs, and that's what we're seeing, I think, from the Phillies team. Yeah, they jumped on and buried the Nationals all weekend. Reese Hoskins homered in the first inning three games in a row. Sunday, they won 13-1. to uh, The Phillies in those four games out-homered the Nationals 14-1. to It looked like hitting season over at Citizens Bank Park. The ball was really jumping. Bryson Stott hitting the ball hard. He's a guy that we didn't mention, but, I mean, he's lined out a lot, and yet he still put together a good two, three-week stretch here, has himself over 200. Reese Hoskins, you know, we're used to these, like, torrid stretches that he goes on where he's homering every night, but – this has been a sustained one. His last 50 games, he's hitting 291 with an OPS just under 1,000 at 997. So he has really been a, a strong offensive piece for the Phillies. And with JT Real Muto, I looked at his numbers in mid-June before this kind of began. And since the start of 2021, his slash line was similar to like Chris Coast's career slash line. So that told you that there was probably more that Real Muto would be able to contribute. And he's driven in 24 runs in his last 27 games. The Phillies have needed another run producer in the middle without Harper. Real Muto has been that. And, you know, I'll point out, too, that there's an article at MLB.com today from Mike Petriello looking at teams that have improved defensively. And the Phillies were one of the teams that he mentioned. And Alec Bohm, he looked at Alec Bohm, that Bohm was worth negative eight outs above average through the end of May, but he's been worth plus two outs above average since that time. And it kind of gels with what we've seen on the field, which is Bo not making as many mistakes, especially when he can do things instinctively. Uh, The Phillies were built around that slug much more than they were built around their defense, but they went out, they acquired some pieces to bolster the defense and Brandon Marsh and Edmundo Sosa and some of their incumbents are playing better too. 
Yeah, Sosa made a great play the other night, I and mean, he's really going to help that defense. We've talked about incremental moves when you're a good team, uh, the power of an incremental move and inching you forward. And I think he's really going to help that team, you know, when he gets to start defense and, and late game in the defense area. But you can see it with your eyes with Alec Bowman. He's gotten better defensively. He's not babying the throw over there. He's not guiding it over there. He's not aiming it over there. He's not harpooning it over there. Whatever you want to call it, you can tell when a guy doesn't have confidence in his throw. And he's just firing it. And he's making nice plays. His hands are working better. So um, this doesn't just happen. Um, he had that three error night. I think it was April. I want to say maybe like April 11th against the Mets. And then he didn't play for a few days. And I got to give Joe Girardi some credit here. You know, he, it could have been a fracturing night for, for Alec Bohm. Uh, and, and Joe rested him and they worked with him off the field and they, they, uh, Joe started the ball rolling. Bobby Dickerson, the great infield coach, and he is a great infield coach. He went to work on him. Uh, some of his veteran teammates like Schwarber and Castellanos went to work on him. Um, it takes a village, and Rob Thompson has kept it going. Uh, but Girardi, you know, Dickerson, um, Schwarber, Castellanos, the Hoskins, that whole team rallied around him, um, now Thompson. But the guy who's done it all, the, the consistent common denominator is Alec Bohm. He's done the work. He's rebuilt his confidence, and he's become – a indispensable player on this ball club here in, in, in the summer of 2022. So good for Alec Bohm. Jim, I know that these situations, as you always say, have a way of working themselves out, but if Bryce Harper returns in a few weeks here and nobody in the lineup is injured, what do you think happens to Derek Hall? Do you think he becomes a big bat off the bench? Might he go back to AAA for more regular work? What do, what do you think happens? Well, I'll throw you my standard line. These things always have a way of working themselves out, but, uh, I think he's proven that he's a contributor to the 2020 Phillies. I don't know what's going to happen, but I, I, I kind of see him being like a bat off the bench. Uh, it's nice to have a power bat off the bench. I remember a guy named Matt Stairs. <laughs> um, so I, I think he does have a place on this team. Could he go back to AAA if he if Harper comes back, gets the bulk of the bats, and he needs to get some timing? You know, if if there's you know he I guess he could, uh, but I see him as a guy who fits. Um, and, and I, I think he's become an important guy that you need to find a spot for him. He fits in the chemistry, he fits in the production. Um, and you know, all phases of the game matter, offense, defense, pitching, bullpen, chemistry, and the bench matters. And it's nice to have a guy who can come off and put a charge one on the bench. So, so maybe that's the role he goes into. I guarantee you this, whatever role he gets, he's going to be, uh, all in on, um, he's going to be all in on it. Cause that's the kind of guy he is. So, Jim, the Phillies have moved up in the wild card race. They're in the second spot now. They're a full game ahead of the Padres. San Diego's lost five games in a row here. The Phillies have – they're actually three up on the Padres in the loss column. The Phillies have 48 losses. The Padres have 51. And as we've been talking about for a few weeks now, the Phillies own the tiebreakers, the head-to-head tiebreakers, over all of these relevant teams, the Padres, the Brewers, the Cardinals, teams that they're locked in a race with here. And that could matter for end-of-season purposes. And when you look at the Phillies' upcoming schedule, I know we've had a tendency to do this in recent years, but it really stands out. The next 35 games, the Phillies have 25 of them against losing teams. Sorry, 28 of them against losing teams. And 25 of those 35 games are against teams that are 10 or more games under 500. There's a lot of Reds and Pirates and Diamondbacks. 
Now, within that, the Phillies do face the Mets seven times, including later this week. And there's a stretch this week where the Phillies are going to face some amazing pitching uh, between Alcantara and what the Mets have to offer. So important week. And although the Phillies have been cleaning up on these bad teams, it would be a pretty big confidence boost if they could go into that series against the Mets and finally play well against the Mets because New York's had their number all year. Yeah. Phillies are, uh, what are they, 3-9 and nine against the Mets this year. So, I mean, you could say, you know, they, they had all those early games against the Mets and they were so bad. Uh, you could say, you know, there's a lot of things that cost Joe Girardi's job. Uh, everything from just the team underperforming and the outfield defense was horrible. But in particular, their performance against the Mets really – Kind of grease the skids there, but yeah, they need to they need to build some confidence against the Mets. They need to play better against the Mets. I, I think they're a different team now than the last time they they saw the Mets. That was right on the doorstep of the managerial change, and they blew a, a horrible game on a Sunday night up there at City Field. You know, I'm, I'm interested to see. They got Ranger Suarez, Aaron Nola, and Wheeler going against Scherzer, Degrom, and Bassett. I mean, talk about some pitching matchups. Um, you and I talked about this way back in. You know, there was, I think there was still snow on the ground with Scherzer and DeGrom, how it, it could be Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling for the 0-1 Diamondbacks. And um, it, it looks like they could have that. Um, so you're, you're facing two, two um, gargantuan tal- talents there right out of the gate Friday and Saturday night in Scherzer and DeGrom. Um, it'll be a really good test for the Phillies, the way they've been slugging it. Um, good pitching can stop good hitting, but doesn't mean you can't find a way to win. I think back to that – Day game, getaway day, getaway day game. I think it was August third in um, Atlanta. Zach Wheeler keeps him in it all day, and then you know a walk, a base hit, a great base running play, and a two run home run. You win the game. So you know um, we'll see. But they do need do need to play better against the Mets. You mentioned they've caught the uh, Padres and gone past the Padres. Padres have you know elite talent, difference making talent. They have not yet shown they have different difference-making character and chemistry. Um, so that's still a challenge for them. They need to – you know, they collapsed last year. They need to overcome it and play better this year. The Phillies can't worry about that. The Phillies need to worry about the Phillies and keep steaming ahead. Uh, you mentioned that they play a bunch of losing teams. Uh, they can't fumble the ball here. And I, I do expect them to make the playoffs. I, we, we all expect them to make the playoffs coming out of Clearwater, and it just feels like that's where they're headed. Uh, feels like they're ready to get there. Um, I don't think they're going to fumble the ball against these losing teams because I think their starting pitching is going to keep them in games. Like we talked about, their defense is getting better. Uh, their bullpen has been very good since June 1. I mean, defense and bullpen were fatal flaws the last couple of years. And they're slugging like we expected them to slug. Um, and they do have character in that room with with Scherzer, with Hoskins, with Wheeler, who was just ultra serious and ultra focused on on, on the task at hand. Um, so I think all of those ingredients uh, are important. I think this is a manager they respond to. He has harped on the importance of of taking every team, you know, not taking any team lightly, taking every any team every team seriously. So I just think they got a good thing going. Um, and um, it would be awfully nice if they could get into the playoffs. It would be awfully nice if they could somehow arrange their pitching where they didn't need Wheeler and Nola to squeak in uh, that last week, and, and you could have them to open a short series. I think they'd be, they could be quite dangerous. Well, to that point, you know, this is just something to file away in the back of your mind, but the final three games of the season, the Phillies play the Astros, which on the surface that might sound like a challenging series, 
But the American League, the top seed in the American League might be locked up by then. And if it is, whether it's the Astros or the Yankees, the Astros could be in rest mode. So that might be an, a, a series where the Phillies uh, don't need to go all out. And if they're in a position where you know they've already clinched a spot, perhaps they could rest some key guys too. So we'll see. Uh, but you know, Jim, this is the first time we've sat down. Um, we sat down after the trade deadline, but this is the first time we've done this since Noah Syndergaard pitched. So just early impressions of the new guys. We've seen a lot of Brandon Marsh in center field. David Robertson, you kind of know what to expect. Solid veteran reliever who's going to attack hitters. Syndergaard in that first start against the Nationals got the win. It was a range-shortened game. He gave up 11 hits and four runs in five innings. What did you see out of him that night? Just what you saw, a lot of contact. Um, um, I, I think he's going to need to be better than that. Uh, and I think there's a chance he will be. I mean, he pitched to a three. I think he pitched to about a three point eight ERA over in Anaheim. That if he can just maintain that the way this rotation's been, you know, I think it's going to be good enough. Um, but yeah, he wasn't impressive in his first start. But boy, you know, sometimes that's tough. I mean, I think he only pitched like once in 17 days. Once in, and that was his first start in nine days. So there was some rust there. I'm sure there was some nerves there. Um, he doesn't throw as hard as he used to, uh, the, you know, if he's got his sinker ball going and they're playing good defense behind him and, and get six innings out of him, I'll take that. I'll take that. He's not the, he's not that flamethrower he used to be. I mean, maybe who knows what he's going to get back as he gets more, uh, far more and more away from Tommy John surgery. But, um, I still like the pickup. I, I think he needed something. I, uh, you know, innings are very valuable, uh, starting rotation needed support and, I think in that five hole, he can give you enough of it. They're going to have to score some runs for him. They're going to have to play good defense behind him. When does he go? He goes on uh, Wednesday night against uh, Sandy Alcantara, who, you know, since June 1, probably Alcantara and Wheeler have been the two best pitchers in the National League. Um, DeGrom and Scherzer have been out over that span of time, and now they're back. So there's an awfully lot of, awful lot of good pitching in the National League East. Yeah, and so over these next three games, the Phillies have the Marlins. I know that there's the uh, tendency to say, oh, the Phillies struggle against the Marlins. They certainly have for many years. But last two series, the Phillies swept them in Miami and won two of three. So they've won five of the last six. And right now, this Marlins team is not scoring any runs without Jazz Chisholm, uh, with their veteran players really producing little in terms of Jesus Aguilar and Abisail Garcia. The Marlins are averaging like two runs per game over the last two weeks. So while all of the arms that they can try out there could be difficult on the Phillies, this is another series where they should be able to pound the opponent. If they score three, four early runs, could be all they need. Yeah, and we've seen the the template for that. They've been scoring three, four, five, six early runs and, and you know, run into the bank with it. So they just need to keep that up. Uh, they need to keep that up. Uh, they, they they did a great job on the Marlins. I uh, was to close the first half uh, before the All-Star break. I, I, I do think they squashed – some demons down there. And I think they may have flushed their system of that. Um, it's just everything feels different around this team. Real Muto was saying the other day, you know, we lose two or three games in a row, but, you know, we, we come right back and we win four or five in a row. We said in the past that two or three losses in a row would turn into six or seven. It's not happening. They're a different team. They're, they're, they've built a really solid chemistry. They're slugging the ball and getting good pitching bullpen and starting rotation, playing better defense. You know, you can have all the analytics in the world that you want. You can just, you don't, you can just see the confidence. You can feel it in that clubhouse and you can feel the very positive vibe that is going on, a winning vibe. It's not just a positive vibe and, hey, how you doing? Everybody's happy. No, it's the right kind of vibe. It's a winning vibe. And um, 
Still a long way to go, 50-plus games. Uh, Got to keep it up, but they've built a really good foundation here since June 1 under Rob Thompson, who I've actually started to sprinkle it into my stories. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking strong, strong manager of the year candidate in the National League. Yeah, I mean, barring a collapse, what more could he have shown? The team's 20 games over – team's 19 games over 500 since Thompson took over. Uh, they've really changed the conversation. And, you know, it's not just that the vibes are better. It's also that, like – and this is blatant when you look at how fans respond, whether it's on Twitter or uh, wherever, that they're inspired by the fact that the Phillies have a mixture of veterans and young guys producing. Like, some of the homegrown Phillies are really standing out this year. On Sunday, uh, Hoskins homered. Stott had a big day. Maton homered. Bohm had another good game, and he's hitting in the mid-290s. So it's been a good balance for the Phillies of high-paid guys producing and also guys at the beginning of their, their careers pretty much establishing themselves here during a uh, playoff race. So yeah. Zach Wheeler on the hill for the Phillies tonight against Braxton Garrett, who's a big strikeout pitcher, struck out 11 in his last start in five and two-thirds innings against the Reds. Then, as we mentioned, the Phillies get Alcantara, DeGrom, and Scherzer in the span of four days. So, uh, you know, if they can perform well offensively in those games, they'll probably feel like they can hit anyone. He's Jim Salisbury. I'm Corey Simon. Thanks a lot for listening to the Phillies Talk podcast. We'll catch you later in the week.